0: Please go ahead.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Crystal, and I, too, would like to welcome everyone to today's workshop update on CAR T cell therapy. Now, this is a program that many of you have asked us to offer, and um, we're delighted to be able to offer it to you, and to also offer it with such wonderful and esteemed faculty on the program today, speakers, just wonderful. Today's program is a collaborative effort between Cancer Care and many other cancer organizations and it really is because of that collaboration and your interest in the program today that we have over 448 participants on the call today. So there's a lot of you on the call, and you come from all over the United States, from both rural, urban, and suburban areas. And we also have international participants from Australia, Canada, India, and the United Kingdom. So it's a bit of a global call as well. And um, Today's program is supported by Gilead, Novartis Oncology, and Celgene Corporation. I really want to thank them for their support of the program today. Um, now we again have just wonderful speakers. I want to begin by introducing our first speaker. And our first speaker is Dr. John Leonard. Dr. Leonard is the Richard T. Silver Distinguished Professor of hematology and medical oncology. He's Associate Dean for Clinical Research while Cornell Medical College, Vice Chairman for Clinical Research while Department of Medicine. He's Associate Director of Clinical Trials, Sandra and Edra Mayer, Cancer Center at Weill Cornell Medicine. Attending Physician Chief from Pharma Service, New York Presbyterian. And Director of the Joint Clinical Trials Office, Weill Cornell Medicine and New York Presbyterian. Um, and Dr. Leonard, like all of our speakers, wears many hats. And we're delighted that he's speaking on today's program. And he's going to present an overview of CAR-T cell therapy understanding CARs or chimeric antigen receptors, and key questions to ask your healthcare team about CAR T cell therapy. It's my pleasure now to turn this program over to my esteemed colleague, Dr. Leonard.
2: Well, thank you, Carolyn, and I want to thank Cancer Care as well as uh, my colleagues who are on the phone. It's a great uh, lineup of speakers, and I know we all look forward to this discussion. So, my topic is to provide, as you uh, alluded to, a bit of an introduction, and then uh, the other speakers are going to go into more detail about CAR T cells. So, um, first of all, what is a CAR T cell? The CAR refers to something called chimeric antigen receptor. This is a receptor or a protein molecule that is engineered in the laboratory and connected to T-cells, and we'll come back to in a second what a T-cell is, in order to better direct the body's own uh, T-cells to fight tumor cells. So the the concept here really is that we are becoming more and more knowledgeable that the immune system is an important part of our uh, anti-cancer therapy. We know that The immune system has some responsibility for why some patients may do better and some patients may do worse, meaning that their own immune system uh, in part keeps or can keep the tumors in check, the tumor cells in check. Unfortunately, though, in many cases of cancer, either the immune system isn't quite strong enough by one reason or another to fight off the tumor cells or the tumor cells themselves have Uh, shields or other molecules on their surface that helps to protect them from the immune system. And so either an underactive immune system in that fashion or an overprotected tumor cell from the immune system uh, allows tumor cells to grow and impedes perhaps the effectiveness of our therapies. So there are many arms of the immune system in the body. If you think of the immune cells as kind of like the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, the Marines, One subtype of immune cells in our bodies, let's say the marines, are called T cells. And so T cells are very powerful at um, doing a number of different things to help us fight infections and to help fight off tumor cells. But in the case of many cancers, including leukemia and lymphoma, where CAR T cells uh, seem to have uh, important activity in some situations, those T cells aren't aren't able to do the job. Either they're weakened to some degree, or they uh, or the tumor cells just have these shields that are fighting them off. And so the concept of CAR T cells is to remove the T cells from the body and essentially boost them uh, through a variety of different ways in order to make them more able to fight off the tumor cells. And so the concept of CAR T cells is that in the in the clinic in the patients. Uh, where where patients are treated similar to what's done in certain forms of stem cell transplants, the circulating blood T cells can be withdrawn from the patient kind of like a fancy blood donation. They can be collected through a special IV catheter uh, and sent to a laboratory where the T cells can be isolated, can be essentially separated out from the rest of the blood And then they are engineered, um, this process of introducing a CAR or chimeric antigen receptor into the T cells, typically through a virus uh, infection, an engineered virus that can essentially introduce a special CAR, this chimeric antigen receptor, into the T cells. The effect of that CAR is to essentially make the T cell better able to recognize tumor cells and to get activated to fight off tumor cells when they're encountered. So these CAR T cells are generated because the normal T cells are removed from the patient, engineered and turned into CAR T cells in the laboratory, and then they are put back into the patient's bloodstream, again, like a fancy blood transfusion in this case, typically that occurs after chemotherapy. Uh, And what happens is then that the the chemotherapy is given in part to kind of quiet down the tumor cells in the patient and in part to uh, create space in the patient's body essentially to allow room for these CAR T cells to set up shop, to expand, to grow, and to go off into the the, uh, the different regions of the patient's body where the tumor cells may be, be located. And then that immune response helps to kill off the tumor cells. So CAR T cells uh, are basically a fancy way to remove the patient's own immune T cells, make them stronger, make them more effective at killing tumor cells, and then giving them back to the patient uh, in order to have them fight off the tumor cells. So we have approved drugs, uh, approved CAR T-cell products that are approved in the United States both for ALL or acute lymphocytic leukemia and for certain types of aggressive lymphomas, diffuse large B-cell lymphoma in particular for certain clinical situations. And the other speakers are going to go into a lot more detail as to where these treatments can work, how effective they are, uh, and what the side effects are. Because like all treatments, there are pros to the treatment where they can be helpful, and there are cons in that there are side effects. And it's very important to understand that these are, at least at this stage, uh, treatments that are approved and used in certain specific situations and not used currently in other specific situations based on the approval of the drugs, the studies that have been done, and the overall situation. So I'm going to yield in just a second uh, to, uh, I believe Dr. Yunus is the next speaker and and the other uh, speakers that will follow him additionally will talk about more of the specifics here, but just to highlight the issue of what you ask your healthcare team about CAR T-cell therapy, and I think everyone is going to touch on aspects of this in a minute, but from the standpoint of many patients are interested in CAR T cells. They've heard about it, whether it's from this program, from reading the literature, for various things uh, that are out there because this is an exciting new technology and treatment that's available. I think the most important thing right now to ask your physician, your uh, caregivers, uh, is really what situation you're dealing with. If you're dealing with leukemia and lymphoma, as well as there are clinical trials of CAR T-cells in many other situations, I think you need to, as a good practice in any sort of cancer that one may be dealing with, understand what type of, of uh, situation you're dealing with, what type of tumor that you have, and is a CAR T-cell type of approach appropriate right now for your situation and if it is or if it could be considered as an option, what are the pros and cons of this form of treatment versus other forms of treatment, keeping in mind that for most people with leukemia and lymphoma, Outside of clinical trials, this is not yet an approved option, um, but there are clinical trials that are going on, and we all certainly expect and hope that this will be a treatment that would be useful for for a broader group of patients in the future. So I think with that, I'll stop right now and let uh, the next speaker go forward and, again, get into some more of the details.
1: Well, thank you so much, Dr. we It's really setting the stage for today's program. Thank you so much. And I know there'll be questions for you during the Q&A. And our next speaker is Dr. Nas Younes. Dr. Younes is Chief of Lymphoma Service, Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center, Professor of Medicine, while Cornell Medical College. And Dr. Yunus is going to address when to consider CAR-T cell therapy as a treatment choice and clinical trials for CAR-T cell therapy. It's really now my great pleasure to turn the program over to uh, my esteemed colleague, Dr. Younes.
3: Uh, Hi, everyone. Um, So I will cover two um, issues here. The first one is when to to consider CAR T cells as treatment of choice. And um, this comes to uh, the uh, FDA-approved indication for the two products that are now commercially available. Um, So for non-Hodgkin lymphoma, there's specific indications that patients should have a one of the uh, following histologies, uh, depending on the, uh, the type of the commercial product, uh, but it should be diffuse large B cell lymphoma, uh, transformed follicle lymphoma, or uh, primary medicinal and large B lymphoma, at least for one of these products. Uh, in either case, they should have failed at least two prior regimens. So, in other words, if a patient had a standard shop chemotherapy for diffuse large B cell lymphoma, and now the disease uh, is coming back, they are not qualified for the commercial product at this point. They could still get product cells on a clinical trial, but not the commercial product. And there's another indication, which is probably outside the scope of this uh, discussion, is for uh, children and young adults uh, with uh, acute lymphoblastic uh, leukemia, B-cell type, up to 25 years of age. But they can get it uh, at first relapse or in the setting of primary refractory disease. So this is the current indication, at least for a commercial product. Um, There are multiple trials, though, that can capture different uh, clinical scenarios and also clinic different diseases within the lymphoid malignancy. So, there are trials for multiple myeloma, uh, follicular lymphoma, um, uh, mantle cell lymphoma, um, uh, and even for solid tumors. And uh, those could be in in, in first, second line therapy uh, in comparison with uh, autologous transplant, head to head randomized trials. So, the different um, clinical trials, this testing different questions and different uh, types of uh, lymphoid uh, malignancies and and again the currently available commercial products target specific protein on the surface of the cancer cells called CD19 which is unique for B cells normal B cells and cancer B cells but there are uh, additional um, investigational uh, uh, CAR T cell uh, platforms targeting different proteins like CD22 uh, BCMA Uh, um, And there are also different uh, CAR T-cells that are being tested in combination uh, with other products, uh, like immune checkpoint inhibitors or small molecules like ibrutinib. And there are different CAR T-cells that are differently engineered to express different signaling molecules uh, or other uh, cytokines that may enhance the persistence of CAR T-cells. So, as you can see, there's a wide range of options within the clinical trials that uh, expected to either improve the efficacy and hopefully may decrease the side effects. But for the time being, there's two commercially available uh, products that both target CD19 and within the B-cell lymphomas, uh, they both target the uh, diffuse large B-cell lymphoma, transformed follicle lymphoma, and uh, primary mediastinal large lymphomas, but at least they should have failed at, at least two prior regimens.
1: Well, well, thank you very much, Dr. Yunus. That was really outstanding and very helpful to everyone. And um, I know there'll be questions for you during the uh, the Q&A, and um, um, thank you. Um, And our next speaker is Dr. Sattva Nilapu, and Dr. Nilapu is Professor and Deputy Chair and Interim Director of Laboratory and Translational Research, Department of Lymphoma Myeloma, Division of Cancer Medicine, University of Texas MD Anderson Cancer Center. And Dr. Lapu is going to address specific examples of how CAR T cell therapy contributes to oncology care and the benefits of CAR T cell therapy. It's my pleasure now to turn this program over to my esteemed colleague, Dr. Lapu.
4: So, oh, thank you, Caroline, and uh, hi, everyone. So, I'd like to start with the benefits of uh, CAR T cell therapy. So. As many of you know, chemotherapy, which has historically been used for lymphomas and leukemias, is given in the form of cycles. With each cycle over three to four weeks, and patients get anyway from up to six cycles in most cases, which is a four- to six-month process to complete the treatment. One of the main benefits of cell therapies is that this is a living drug. These cells can... Once they're infused into the body, they can multiply, they can persist long-term. And all it requires is a single infusion at this time uh, for for this therapy. Uh, And following the single infusion, uh, patients um, may develop side effects, usually within the first two weeks or so, um, during which time they are monitored closely. But uh, usually by about one to two months, most patients can uh, return to near normal quality of life. Uh, And uh, if they're in remission, can go back to their usual daily activities. And you'll hear more from Dr. Tibes about the uh, side effects uh, later. So besides the fact that it is a single infusion, what we are also observing in these patients with B-cell leukemias and lymphomas uh, for the two uh, diseases, uh, cancer subtypes for which these drugs are now currently FDA approved, at least in the US, um, is that uh, this therapy can be highly effective even in patients who are uh, who have refractory to chemotherapy, who have failed multiple chemotherapies, and in patients who have failed either autologous or allergenic stem cell transplantations. Um, we are seeing. Response rates in the range of 80% of the patients can respond even after failing um, all standard therapies. About um, uh, half to uh, three quarters of these patients can go into complete remission. Uh, but the more important question is, uh, what is the durability of these responses in, in these patients? So Doctor, you heard from Dr. Yunus, there the are two CD19 CAR T-cell therapies that are FDA approved in the U.S. So one is exocaptogen cellulose cell for or, uh, aggressive B-cell non-Hodgkin lymphomas, oh, and the second is tisagenlecleucel, which is also approved for aggressive B-cell non-Hodgkin lymphoma in adults. But uh, in addition, it is also approved for pediatric acute lymphoblastic leukemia up to the age of 25. In the case of the adult uh, B-cell lymphomas, uh, what we are seeing is a uh, long-term durability uh, in the range of 40 to uh, in the range of uh, 40% of these patients. Uh, But so far, the follow-up has still been short. Uh, uh, We are seeing remissions lasting uh, in 40% of the patients at around the one-year time point, all the longer follow-up is needed. Some of the earlier clinical trials which have been done at single institutions where these products were initially developed show that these responses can uh, be ongoing for many years, at least in a subset of the patients, uh, raising the possibility whether uh, this is curative in some of these patients who have failed all of the standard treatments. In the case of the pediatric uh, acute lymphoblastic leukemia, or ALL, uh, long-term durability is uh, observed in a, approximately 50% of these patients. Uh, again, uh, raising the possibility that this is uh, potentially curative in patients who have failed uh, standard chemotherapies as well as autologous or allergenic stensile transplantation. Um, now, um, these two agents, which are currently FDA approved, uh, target CD19. They are uh, focused on B-cell leukemias and lymphomas, as you heard from Dr. Yunus. Uh, besides these lymphomas, uh, there are additional clinical trials that are being tested, uh, where these products are being tested in mantle cell lymphoma, follicular lymphoma, as well as chronic lymphocytic leukemia. Um, these trials are going on, uh, are ongoing at multiple centers in the U.S. Um, uh, but in general, patients have to fail at least two to three lines of therapy to be eligible for these trials. Um, in the case of the CLL, uh, some of the early studies suggested that uh, this therapy, uh, the long-term durability is is less effective compared to lymphomas or leukemias. But more recently, some of the uh, some studies that are being done in combination with ibrutinib. A, a small uh, molecule-targeted therapy that is commonly used for the management of CLL uh, can markedly enhance the efficacy of this therapy. So I think uh, at least in the case of CLL, if you're looking for a cardiac or T-cell therapy option, um, uh, that's one particular combination which looks very promising. Uh, Another thing that we are learning from this um, uh, early trials is that one of the mechanisms why some patients relapse or progress after CD19 CAR T cell therapy is because the tumor cell loses the target, the CD19, and because of the reason, there are uh, what are called as bispecific CAR T cells where we target uh, more than one one molecule at a time, such as CD19 and CD20 or CD19 and CD22 who simultaneously uh, to try and further improve the efficacy of this CAR T-cell therapy. Now, so far, most of these trials have been used, uh, have been using uh, autologous CAR T-cell therapy, meaning we take the T-cells from the patient, modify them genetically, and infuse it back. And that's a, a time-consuming process. On an average, it can take about three to four weeks to make a product for each uh, patient. There are efforts to generate off-the-shelf CAR T cell therapy in the future, and in fact, uh, uh, clinical trials are ongoing now. Uh, In uh, adult ALL as well as pediatric ALL to generate off-the-shelf CD19 CAR T cell therapy, Um, and that looks very promising. The main advantage there is that this... There is no wait period. So, once a patient, once we identify that a patient requires CAR T cell therapy, the patient can get the product right away as opposed to a three to four week wait time with the autologous product. Another off the shelf product is uh, CAR, what is called as CAR NK cell uh, therapy. Uh, as Dr. Leonard mentioned, uh, another type of immune cell that is present besides the T cell is our. NK cells or natural killer cells. Uh, so one of the clinical trials that is currently testing is where they put the same CD19 card construct uh, into the NK cells, uh, which are derived from card blood uh, cells and expanded in vitro, uh, expanded in the laboratory, and infused as an off-the-shelf product, and which also looks uh, very promising. Now, Besides CD19, there are certain other targets which also look uh, promising in lymphomas, and one of that is uh, CD30 CAR T-cell trials. Uh, CD30 is expressed in in Hodgkin lymphoma as well as in some T-cell lymphomas such as anaplastic large cell lymphoma. And early data suggests that CD30 CAR T-cell therapy can be very effective in Hodgkin lymphoma as well. Uh, Another target that's also being uh, looked at is uh, Road one ROR1, uh, which is a target which is expressed in mantle cell lymphoma as well as CLL, and also some lung cancer and breast cancer patients. And there's uh, a one CAR T-cell trials are ongoing to evaluate efficacy in those patients. And you heard about BCMA from Dr. Yunus. Uh, uh, Beyond CD19, this is the furthest, the BCMA CAR T-cell therapy, products are furthest along in the clinical development uh, and have received breakthrough designation from the FDA for the treatment of patients with multiple myeloma and registration trials are ongoing in multiple myeloma. Again, early data looks very, very promising in patients who are refracted to all the standard drugs uh, that are currently used for the management of patients with multiple myeloma. So I'm going to stop there and turn it over to the next speaker.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Dr. Lapu. That was really very informative and very comprehensive, and thank you. Um, I know there'll be questions for you during the Q&A, so thank you very much. Um, And our next speaker um, is Dr. Raul Tibis. Dr. Tibis is Director, Clinical Leukemia Program, Laura and Isaac Perlmutter Cancer Center, Associate Professor, NYU School of Medicine, Scholar in Clinical Research, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. And Dr. Tibis is going to address discussion of CAR-T cell therapy, managing potential side effects and follow-up care what to expect. It's really my great pleasure now to turn this program over to my esteemed colleague, Dr. Thibis.
5: Yeah. Good afternoon, everybody. Um, and maybe good morning in Australia. Um, so wonderful introductions or di- description um from the previous speakers. So a couple of thoughts about um, CAR T-cell therapy. It's a very individual treatment, and um, essentially patients' own cells are are taken out of their body and modified and made aggressive against the cancer cells. So it's really an immune therapy that harnesses the patient's um, own immune system and immune cells and just equipping them and giving them the power to find and attack cancer cells again. That also leads me into um, there are other ways um, the last couple of years where um, research scientists and clinicians have found a way to to harness the immune system to recognize cancer cells again and and, um, uh, treat them appropriately. For example, there are bispecific antibodies um, where you have an antibody, which is a protein that recognizes, we heard about CD19, for example, and then these cells are equipped uh, with another linker that can attract the immune cells so there are there are different ways of attacking the immune cells and car t cell is is um a, a very elegant um, way of of equipping immune cells to recognize cancer cells again. We also heard about um the challenge of producing them, so it takes actually um a couple of weeks and it 's getting shorter and shorter to produce those cells because they're taken out of a patient's. Um, body through like a machine or like a dialysis machine or a machine patient can be put on, it's not a dialysis ma- machine, but the patients put on a machine and the cells are taken out and then they're sent off and they're modified. So it takes a couple of weeks and then in that couple of weeks the patient sometimes needs to have some treatment and in several of the studies the patient still needed to have some kind of chemotherapy prior to giving the um, the modified immune cells back to the patient. So in a way to to tame the immune system a little bit that the new cells could find a home and harbor in um in 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 the patient when they were giving back the other challenge um or the other challenge to tra- to transfer those those results we have seen in lymphomas as well as in some acute lymphoblastic leukemias so ALL is finding an antigen, so finding a protein on some other tumor cells. We heard about BCMA lymphoma cells. There are NK cell targeting therapies, for example. We will have one of those CAR T cells with NK cell treatment. And this brings me also to the point that there is, because it's a very uh, specialized procedure and a lot of staff needs to be trained, these therapies are not widely available yet. So approximately... I don't know exactly how many, but maybe 40, 50 centers right now that need to participate in a program by the FDA, and staff needs to be trained that the patients are safe. So it's it's a bigger process and procedure, and often these are associated with transplant programs, not exclusively, but but very often, um, because there are serious or there can be side effects um, to those treatments. So what are the side effects? Um, You may have heard about the cytokine release syndrome. So cytokines are proteins that regulate the immune system. And some of the side effects for those CAR T-cell treatments um, patients can have fevers, they can have chills, flu-like symptoms, and these can be very severe up to almost shock-like symptoms and um, including neurological symptoms and patients get a neurological side effects, they get off, they get a little confused and so forth. So it's really patients need to be monitored closely in the hospital, they need to be staff and nurses and physicians that recognize if a patient is starting to have cytokine release syndrome. It's essentially like a You have like an it's not an anaphylactic reaction, but for the lay audience, maybe that's the closest to describing that. And you can treat this with steroids. There's also one medication, um, map which is an FDA, which is a medication that inhibits some of those cytokines that are being released um, upon the infusion of those cells, because we heard that these cells are live cells, so they divide inside the patient's body again. And depending on how much tumor cells there are left, the more they are stimulated to divide because they are sharp, they want to attack the tumor cells. So the more tumor, generally speaking, the more tumor cells are in the patient's body, um, the more intense can the side effects be um, and the uh, the cytokine release syndrome. There are also some other side effects. Um, In some of the studies, there were low blood counts observed. So neutropenia, low white cells, um, or some of the other uh, blood cell lineages. And um, it's also important to note that it's um, finding the right dosage uh, for for a patient or infusing the right dosage of those cells back into into a patient so that you have enough cells that it can attack the, the tumor cells and whatever tumor cells is left and floating around in the patient's body, but not too many T cells that the response is so overshooting that the patient suffers um, any more serious side effects. And I think it's also important to recognize that these therapies are truly one of the breakthroughs we have seen in modern molecular medicine, in oncology, and cancer. Um, they're first uh, first spearheaded the development in blood cancers because you have more easy access to, to blood cells, um, and a lot of the blood cells, they have proteins on the surface that can be recognized by those immune cells. So it's also a challenge now for solid cancers to find proteins on solid tumors that are amenable, that are suitable to produce those those um, immune cells, those CAR T cells against. Because you can imagine if one of those proteins is also present on normal body cells and the the CAR T cells now attack a kidney or some other cell that could have side effect on on organs um, of a patient so it's we have to be um, specific enough to hopefully only recognize the tumor cells and then one one point that is brought up and you may see this in the lay press is the cost of those treatments there's a high price t- uh, tag to those to those therapies and i won't go into details you can just google it And this is the discussions currently ongoing. They truly can help patients. They can save patients um, that have run out of um, other treatment options. And the responses, as we heard from the previous speaker, can be long-lasting, particularly those patients who have a very good, a very deep response where we don't find any tumor cells anymore after a couple of months. And um, I talked about the logistical challenges, um, having specialized centers, having physicians, um, staff, nurses, hospitals being experienced with those treatments. Even though they are FDA approved, um, I think there's still a learning curve to them. So we need to um, train, be aware of, of, of the side effects and, and the limitations of those treatments. But for sure, they're, they're a breakthrough in, in, in molecular medicine, immune therapy. And um, I look forward to the next couple of years to finding more, more effective CAR T cells against more and more tumors and, and and cancers and to help our patients. So with that, I would like to give it back to Caroline.
1: Oh, thank you so much. That was really wonderful and very informative. And um, I think um, both uh, really presenting a, a full picture. I think all of our speakers really. We now have a much better picture of CAR T cell therapy and. And now we do have time for questions. We actually have a lot of time for questions. I'm going to ask Crystal to explain to you how to queue up for questions. And um, we're going to try to take as many of your questions as possible on this particular call right now. And if we don't get your question, then we will actually, um, I will give you at the end of the call, I'll I'll give you suggestions on how to get your questions answered. How's that? But let's see how many we can take now. Crystal?
0: Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, if you would like to ask a question, please press star, then one your touchtone telephone. If your question has been answered and you wish to remove yourself from the queue, you may press the pound key. Those of you on the web may submit questions by clicking ask a question. And again, ladies and gentlemen, that is star one to ask a question.
1: So, we do have a question from one of our online participants. Um, and I'm, I'll stop. Some of Dr. Leonard and others may want to add, but this is of Dr. Leonard to start with. Um, does CAR T cell um, have memory? So, when recur- reoccurring of cancer, does this CAR T cell um, get activate, eradicate tumor cell?
2: So uh the the question relates to kind of how long lasting the memory in other words are these car t cells available to stand by as i interpret the question kind of like security guards being ready to uh jump on top of something as it as it happens so it, it's important to keep in mind that the currently available car t cells are really directed against um one target, meaning uh, generally what's called CD19, a protein on the surface of B cells, which are the tumor cells uh, in certain types of lymphocytic leukemia and certain types of B cell lymphomas. So, um, to the extent that um, they are targeting those diseases, they're not they're not fighting really against other cancers. The other aspect of this is really how long-lasting the T-cell effect is. And there is a lot of ongoing research um, relating to, okay, you infuse the T-cells into the patient. Um, In some patients, those T-cells may grow and multiply and set up shop and be there for a long period of time. And in other patients, they may kind of peter out and not set up shop and kind of fade away. And to some extent, the efficacy of the treatment correlates with how long the T-cells go and how much they multiply. So that is turning in to be a very important factor. There are lots of things that figure into that, but suffice it to say that the clinical trials that are going on and the research that are going on are really in part focused on trying to make that T-cell effect um, as strong as possible although not being too strong so that the patient has these difficult side effects and being long-lasting as possible so that the tumor can be, go into remission and stay into remission, obviously, for as long a period of time as is, uh, can be
3: achieved. Excellent.
1: Awesome. Thank you. And does anyone want to add to that question?
3: Yeah, this is you uh, know. So persistence is important, but uh, sometimes tumor cells may outsmart the uh CAR T-cells by losing the target, which is in this example CD19. So, uh, so persistence is important, but it uh, doesn't answer all the questions, unfortunately.
1: Excellent, thank you. Anyone, any other thoughts or, okay, excellent. So another question, um, and um, actually I was gonna give this question to Dr. Yunus, actually, so, um, what percentage of T-cells need to be extracted from the patient to be enough to be worked on in the lab?
3: Not percentage. It's uh, it's it's amount of uh, T cells that you can generate by expanding them and then infuse them back to the patients. So we're talking about millions of cells usually that we infuse back uh, to the patients. There's the failure rate is really not not high. In most cases, in more than ninety percent of the patients, you can generate uh, a T cell that can be infused to patients. So the failure rate is not high.
1: Thank you, and. Um, We have another online question, um, and I'm going to give this one to Dr. Nwapu. Um, Which specific T-cells are the best at hosting the CAR virus?
4: Yes, so that's a great question. So um, so currently for the two FDA-approved Products. Um, the T cells are not selected. Uh, we take all T cells that can be obtained from the blood sample, uh, and and try to, and randomly introduce the virus uh, into whichever cell it integrates. Um, but there is. Um, data from preclinical studies suggesting that specific subtypes of T-cells might be important. For example, one of the products that is currently in clinical development called the lysosol or um, previously known as jcar 17 which is being tested in uh, adult lymphoma patients. Um, The CD4-CAR T-cells and the CD8-CAR T-cells are uh, mixed in a ratio of one-to-one um, and that's thought to give optimal efficacy with uh, you know, manageable toxicity. Um, there's other data from preclinical studies suggesting that um, selecting either younger T cells or memory T cells from the patient's blood sample uh, might be uh, might give be the best efficacy uh, in those patients, but that's only been done in preclinical studies it's um, being piloted in, in some clinical trials uh, we need to wait and see whether that translates into uh, in humans too Excellent.
1: anyone wish to add to that question or I'm not the not quite other answer okay <laughs> right. um we have another question and i'm going to give this question um to um dr tavis um so does removing T cells for CAR T therapy make one more prone to infection?
5: Um <clears throat> that's a good question. Um removing the CAR T cells themselves not. I mean you remove cells, you remove you know you filter out the cells, but you know what, the body should have enough cells left. But however um, you do for most of the the products you still give um, what we call a lymphodepletion therapy. So you you still get chemotherapy, and anytime you get chemotherapy, and are different dosages, you are at higher risk of getting infections. And sometimes patients, to control their tumors, um, particularly leukemias, you do need chemotherapy in between. So yes, there is still the risk of an active ongoing cancer, which is lymphoma or um, leukemia or myeloma or so forth. And then from from prior to infusing the CAR T cell back, you also get some chemotherapy, and there is there's the question if those kind of treatments and then after the CAR T cell therapy, if there is some kind of depletion of certain subsets of of, of immune cells, so you you may be of a little higher risk of some some other infections um, um, through through the treatment. Um, I don't know if my colleagues wanna want to also. Um, Share their experience.
1: i like to add to that. Um,
4: so I think uh, uh, giving the conditioning chemotherapy for these patients with uh, and the most commonly used conditioning right, chemotherapy cyclophosphamide plus fludarabine, Herbine, uh, which yeah. is given for three days and flu can deplete some of the normal T-cells, especially the fludarabine can deplete the normal T-cells for a considerable amount of time, for weeks to months sometimes. That can, to some extent, um, put patients at risk of some infections, um, but eventually we do expect those T-cells to recover uh, in due course of time. Yeah.
5: And the therapy... About... No, no, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Oh no, no
1: go please ahead, go ahead. ahead. Yeah. I great questions I was saying but go right ahead to absolutely work. Oh no. no, please go ahead. Yes. Um
5: I think I think that's it, it for it. that topic. Uh,
1: next oh, question. Okay. okay, next question. Okay, all right. Um, a, okay, so we have a question again from one of our online participants. Um, so, um, Dr. Lennon, I think I'll this question for you. How long after receiving the CAR T therapy will a patient be considered failing the therapy? What are available options if failure has been determined?
2: So, so that gets into um, kind of how well the CAR T cells work. And I think it's important that people understand that this is kind of a moving target. There are studies that are ongoing. There are a number of different kind of ways of giving the CAR T-cells that are in clinical trials. And obviously, if you're participating in a clinical trial with a new twist on this, um, then, then those uh, those data are obviously maybe a little bit different. How I tend to think about the CAR T-cells in lymphoma with the current products and the current data that we have, is that about a third of people appear to have a long remission, meaning that the CAR T cell works and then it lasts a year or longer. Roughly about a third of people, that's what happens. About a third of people, the CAR T cells work, meaning they shrink the disease in a a meaningful way, but it's a transient thing, meaning that the disease tends to come back for uh, within a time frame that can be a few months to as long as six months or a year. And then about a third of people, either for whatever technical or disease-related reasons, the therapy just isn't able to be given or the treatment doesn't work at all, meaning the tumor gets bigger despite getting the therapy. So it's roughly, and again, these are broad brushes, but it's roughly a third, a third, a third with a third of people um having a long response is defined as a year longer. So that, you know, you can look at that as glass half empty, glass half full. I think the the glass half full part certainly is the fact that many of those people who have had long remissions Um, with the CAR T-cells are people who have disease that has been really resistant to other treatments, and so this has really been a dramatic new option that has made a huge difference for them. Obviously, all of us are uh, hopeful to make that number higher, and I think that that is what a lot of the research is doing. Are there things we can do to make an even greater percentage have a long remission, and can we make the treatment more uh, tolerable and more available for a larger number of people?
3: Excellent. Thank you. So may I add something? Hi, this is... um, So most complete responses are achieved within three to six months from the infusion of the CAR T cells, with very few exceptions that there will be some late late, uh, conversion from, let's say, partial remission to complete remission beyond six months. But in general, to answer your question, most complete responses are achieved within three to six months from infusing the uh, CAR T cells.
4: Thank you. Thanks. Wonderful. Yes, uh, I agree with uh, both what Dr. Leonard and Dr. Eunice uh, uh, said. Uh, the other point that I want to make is um, patients who do fail um, cortisol therapy, probably 90% of them uh, fail within the first six months. Uh, uh, the chance of failure after the six month point uh, is very, very low, although it can happen in a small percentage of the patients.
1: Thank you. So this is really um this is amazing. This this whole this is I know that this is something very new for people and it is actually um it, it offers options. Um I appreciate you all sh- um sharing this information. And we do have a question in front of our telephone um participants. So um Crystal.
0: Thank you. And our question comes from James L. Your line is open.
1: Yes, has, has there been any research
2: applying CAR-T or CAR-NK to Waldenstrom's?
0: That's
1: an interesting question.
3: Um. Uh, y- yes, there is a program at Memorial. I'm sure it is present in other uh, sites also too. So at Sloan Kettering, there is a program that would capture patients with multiple relapsed Waldenstrom. And
4: the uh, CAR-NK trial that we have open at uh, MD Anderson uh, takes all B-cell malignancies, including Waldenstrom's.
1: And actually, we for everyone just to know, because in case there are other people with Waldenstrom's on the call, we are doing a program on Waldenstrom's, um, just to update um, progress, and it's on Wednesday, June 27th, Um, actually, so this week, actually. Um, and a little earlier in the day, 1.30 to 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time. So for those of you who want to tune in, and um, we'll be sure to include this as a topic as well because this sounds like it's an important issue. Excellent question. Thank you. Um, And um, we have another question from our online participant, um, and um, I'd like to give this question to Dr. Yunus. What factor does age play with using Yescarta for relapsed, Large B cell lymphoma?
3: I'm sorry, I didn't hear the first part of the, the question. Well,
1: so what factor does age play with using yeah. yes, Carta for relapsed large B cell lymphoma?
3: So, good question. This is a learning curve. Currently, there is really no age, upper age limit for receiving CAR T cell therapy. So, basically, the patient has to be physically fit, meet certain criteria, good organ functions, heart, kidney, liver, and so forth. But if they meet these criteria right now, the uh, the age not that major factor, which used to be a more important factor for standard classical autologous and allogeneic transplant.
1: That's excellent to hear. Anyone
4: else want to comment on that? That's really so So um, I agree. So there's currently none of the CAR T-cell therapy products or the trials restrict based on age for lymphoma. Um, the oldest patient that we've treated was, uh, with Yaskata is uh, was 77 uh, years old. Um, and, and there's currently uh, no data to suggest that uh, the toxicity would be any different between the young and the old um, as long as their organ function is comparable.
3: So let me just add to be clear here that the patients in the 80s also been treated successfully with CAR T cell therapy.
1: It's really quite amazing. That's really. Um, do you want to comment on that? How is um just because it is a, a, a bit uh, transformative in terms of clinical trial participation, or is it actually the uh, fact that a age isn't the factor? It's other other issues. Or if you could comment on that.
3: You're asking me or anybody or
1: anybody. You anybody? Yes, it's because it's interesting for people to hear this. I think it's
3: important. And yeah, it is important. So it's opening the door for more patients the, for potentially curative uh, options that were not available before. Uh, so age is not a major issue as long as patients are physically fit and meet within certain safety criteria. And then the other thing is, as we mentioned before, that also capturing patients who would not be otherwise eligible for transplant because of the disease refractiveness situations. And many of these products allow patients with refractory disease to receive uh, CAR T cell therapy. So the pool of patients now that are potentially cure- curable, although, again, we're still learning about how many of these patients will be cured eventually, but at least the potential of cure has increased with the introduction of these products.
4: Yes, in terms of uh, organ uh, function, um All of the clinical trial data that clinical trials have been done in patients who have good organ function, as Dr. Yunus mentioned. So, we currently do not know how much of organ dysfunction is um, acceptable for treatment with this cortisol therapy products. now that the products have been fda approved uh, because the clinical trials had restrictions on what kind of uh, how much organ uh, function they need to have, now that the CARt products are fda approved and are available for standard care, uh, there are more and more patients with organ dysfunction are being treated so so that data is being collected by multiple centers and will be presented at a future meeting. Um, so I think that will be much more informative, but we can 't really comment too much on. Um, um how much organ dysfunction is acceptable at this time.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much. That's a um thank you for that question and thank you all for uh responding so such excellent thank you. And we have a telephone question now.
0: Kristen? And our next question comes from Mary M. Your line is open. Hello. Please check the Oh hi, Mary.
1: Hello, are you talking to me? Yes. Would you like to ask a question? Did you? Yes, I wondered if the CAR T cell is if they foresee it being used with lyomyosarcoma. Good hmm.
5: question. Um, thank well, you for that uh, question, Mary. Yeah, that's a that's a good question, and this is the this is the the question or the issue that um we need to find an appropriate um protein on tumor cells that is specific enough f- that it for the tumor cells meaning that it doesn't is not expressed or it's not occurring on or in too high amounts on normal body cells because those car t cells they can turn around and they can attack in a way, like an autoimmune disease, or you know, if you have if you have the the same protein you find on all the other cells on the heart, for example, or some some other organs, the cells can attack the organs of the of the patient. So there's we have to find something specific, and that will be the next challenge in developing of of CAR T cells for solid cancers and for some other diseases, in trying to find what is specific enough so we can prime or we can we can um, train those CAR T-cells um, against the tumor. And for solid cancers, um, and sometimes it's a little easier at the beginning for, for blood cancers because um, those CAR T-cells, those T-cells, they float around, and the lymphoma cells, the leukemia cells, they're in the bloodstream, they're in the lymph nodes, they're in the bone marrow. And sometimes in solid cancers, you have larger solid tumors, and the penetration and, and those CAR T-cells getting into the tumor and getting to the last little tumor cell in the in the center of it, um, I think um, we have to see how how those um, will work. So, but theoretically, it's possible, and um, and there are there are developments in a lot of different cancers right now, including solid cancers.
1: There are actually two questions, actually online. Um, one having to do with non-small cell lung cancer. One having to do with prostate cancer. Um, are there any trials for those particular types of cancer at this point? I'm, I'm gonna um, put that out to everybody because I actually don't know well. <laughs> who are, or I could ask Dr. Leonard to start with that one if there's any um, in terms of the solid tumors. Yeah.
2: Yes, there are. There are studies at uh, a few different locations looking at CAR T cells in in solid tumors. I would say that those data are quite early, um, and there the data are not you know the the clinical trials are not quite as widespread as what you see in in lymphoma um and there are a few uh small examples of of clinical activity so i think you know we're just at the the starting point uh of these areas and a lot more work to do but uh um so these are not you know a standard approach at this point but certainly um it's an area that's worthy of research and certain investigators are pursuing uh this avenue as well
4: so, um, oh. Oh, yeah. so, besides the T-cell approach for solid tumors, um, where certain antigens could be identified, for example, for prostate cancer, an antigen called PSMA is being targeted with the T-cell therapy approach. But one of the approaches that's being used in solid tumors is this uh, is this uh, different form of T cell uh, gene therapy called TCR T cell therapy. Uh, where instead of putting a CAR molecule, we put the T-cell receptor uh, to target uh, certain abnormally expressed proteins in those tumor cells uh, to get around the fact that uh, you don't want to target antigens that are expressed on tumor and also normal tissues. So, for example, for... The earlier question about leiomyosarcoma, uh, so there is a target called NYESO-1, uh, which is being uh, explored in a TCRT trial um, in lung cancer. Uh, there is also uh, TCRT trials targeting MAGE and certain other cancer testes antigens, Um but um T cell ter- trials are uh, much fewer in number for solid tumors. and the T C R T trials are the more common ones. Excellent.
1: Thank you. This this is an extraordinary call. I I actually um this is I we'll just take one more question. Um, um oh there is a question, um um and I'll address this question um to um Dr. Tidez. um Um has anyone used CAR T for MDS in addition to or instead of stem cell transplant?
5: I don't know what I can say. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, for there are um, uh, um, there are trials for leukemia um, with. Um, with uh, NK cells but also against CD123 um that some of the trials um include um myelodysplastic syndrome so yes there there are trials ongoing with with antigens or proteins that seem to be um specific for um for um um I'm sorry. Uh, seem to be specific for 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 MDS as well. Um, they are not. Some of them are not quite in the clinic or just starting, about to be started to enter the clinic. So it's it's very early on. I mean, this this NK CAR T cell targeting therapy for AML it's open. There's a few centers in in Europe, and actually there are a few centers in the US, and we will open such a trial for 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 AML in the next couple of weeks and months. Not yet for MDS.
1: Thank you. I, I guess just to conclude, I wonder if each of you just want to comment on the fact that this, that the questions have been really extraordinary questions. You've all been addressing them. But um, there does seem to be a theme like, it works for this group, what about us? So I guess that question keeps coming up. And I have to say, in all the programs we do both, and I just wanted to, although you have already um, identified issues, do you want to just each comment on just um, uh, uh, what your thoughts are about just going forward with this um, just very new treatment that um, really captivated everyone's attention. Dr. Bennett? do you want to start?
2: Well, I think like most most treatments for uh, lymphomas, leukemias, cancer in general, um, it's very important to understand that there are are many different types of these diseases, many different types of lymphoma, leukemia, other cancers, and so knowing exactly what type you're dealing with, speaking to your doctor and your treatment team about which exact one do you have, what's most appropriate, for your situation, what are the other options for your situation. Certain scenarios, this is a very appropriate treatment to consider, and others, uh, this is really not appropriate to consider. And so uh, it really depends on a close collaboration with your treatment team, and then obviously participating in clinical trials uh, is important
3: as well.
1: Thank you. Excellent. Dr. Eunice, do you want to
3: Commenting. Yeah, I mean it's it's important to uh to emphasize that this is really new field, new platform that is exciting. Just to put this in perspective, um at least for the diffuse large B-cell lymphoma, CAR T-cells is the only drug um it's living drug, but the only drug approved by the FDA for relapsed diffuse large B-cell lymphoma in about 40 years. Um everything we tested for the last four years failed to produce any meaningful uh, outcome. And uh, this came out from uh, from immune uh, uh, cell therapy, which is which is fascinating. So this is, I think, the tip of the iceberg. We'll see more and more of these different versions, different platforms, different targets. Uh, so I'm very optimistic that this will become a a major uh, a treatment platform for, the, for 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 lymphoma and other cancers.
1: Excellent. Thank you very much, Dr. Yunus. Thank you, and um, uh, Dr. Nipapa, Nipa, 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 could you comment as well?
4: yes so well i agree with uh, dr leonard and dr yunus i think this is an extremely exciting time um in in at least in b cell lymphomas and leukemias um I, uh, I think it's probably going to change how how uh, we will be treating leukemias and lymphomas in the future um, going forward, we'll be seeing a lot more of uh, cortisol therapies targeting multiple ant- uh, antigens, such as CD19, CD20, CD22, um, oh. to try and further improve the efficacy. And the other thing that's likely to change in the future, uh, or and there's a lot of effort being put into this, is to try and develop an off-the-shelf cortisol therapy approach, uh, and hopefully that will also bring down the price of this uh, product.
1: Excellent. Thank you. Thank you very much. And um, Dr. Tibus. Yeah, to I
4: couldn't. I
5: couldn't agree more with, with what had been, has been said. I mean, it's an exciting time, and I think for me, CAR T cell therapy. It is. We're still at the. Beginning of 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 um, the development of CAR T cell, but I think it has together where we I mentioned specific antibodies or some other immune or pd one PDL one some other immune uh, therapies. I think it it focused us to 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 harness the immune system to treat cancers. And you know we are in lymphoma and leukemias, which is my specialty. We are at the forefront of of developing such immune-based therapies for which CAR T cell is definitely. You know, living, uh, living treatment, uh, individualized patient treatment, and then uh, making it safe for everybody. Off-the-shelf products, as well as combining it, combining it with our with other therapies that may be targeted. I think there will be the next um, development of 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 um, CAR T cell and immune therapies.
1: Well, thank you very much. I want to thank all of our speakers. You've been extraordinary. I have to say this has been an extraordinary um, uh, opportunity for everyone on this call, actually, and for those who listen to it after the call as well in the podcast. Um, I also want to thank all of you who have asked such great questions, both on the phone and online. And I know there are many more questions in queue, so I had said that I would let you all know how to get your questions answered, so I want to actually um, do that now so you all First of all, we I think you've heard this before during the call itself that your own healthcare team, of course, are very important to speak to about questions you may have. But I know many of you like to go other places for information, and um, we we um, often recommend that people call the National Cancer Institute. They have an 800 number 1-800-422-6237. Or for those of you both in this country and internationally who prefer to use websites, it's www.cancer.gov. They have a live chat feature, which is very popular to everyone. You can post your question, and the information specialist will get you a tremendous amount of information. In addition, because we've really been talking about some of the blood cancers, I would say that... Uh, the Leukemia Lymphoma Society as well as the Lymphoma Research Foundation are wonderful places for you to get information as well because they're just, they they obviously, that's the specialty area. Um, And so I think I would definitely, um, and we will, when you get your evaluation after today's program, you'll be getting all the resources that we've mentioned during the call um, and any others that we think of after the call that would be really helpful for you to have. Um, And... um, you know, most importantly, we don't want anyone to feel when you're leaving this call that you're alone. So for those of you who might like to speak with an oncology social worker, um, Cancer Care offers a host of services to you. And I just want to go over those with you. we offer uh, financial assistance um, and a co-pay foundation as well um, We also and practical assistance. Um, we also offer counseling services, a chance to talk with one of our trained oncology social workers about your experience in living with cancer, living wondering about what to do with your treatments and things like that. Um, we are not a medical staff here. We are oncology social workers, but we can help to connect you and help you even to form some of your questions. Also, some of you may be concerned about how to deal with your... Um, cancers while um, working, how do you talk to your children, Um, how do you think about it with yourself. Um, So all those kinds of questions are open for you to talk to our staff about um, and, and many others. We also have support groups on the telephone and online. The online support groups, we have about 120 of them, and they are very popular to people throughout the world, as well as in different time zones, because it does not require, they don't occur in real time. They actually, um, I mean, you can, you can post any time of the day. So, unlike a telephone uh, conference call, which has a particular time, or a telephone support group, it's at a particular time of the day, the online support groups, you can post any time you wish. So, um, and for those, you can just come to our website, www.cancercare.org, or you can call Cancer Care at 1 800 813 4673. Um, Again, as we conclude today, I would not want any one of you to feel alone. Um, You've gotten a lot of information today. Um, The program, I should say, will be available um, on replay on the website as a podcast. Um, So give it about two days, and I'll be up, and you can listen to it again, share it with friends. And it will be up for at least a year, if not longer, and it will also be on telephone replay. So, again, I want to thank you all for your participation today, and I want to wish you all a very fine day. Thank you all.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for your participation. This concludes the workshop, and you may now disconnect. Everyone have a great day.